Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for on patrol with the PPD. Airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. My name is Mike Wynn. I'm one of your co-hosts and co-producers of this weekly community radio program. I'm joined in studio this morning by awesome Gary, Lieutenant (laughs) Gary Traversa, Commander of the Communications Outreach and Professional Standards Bureau. How's it going, Lieutenant? Doing well. It's it's Friday. They yes. Get, they get to see you face to face, although yeah. you know physically distanced, six feet away on the other side of the console. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we we have another special guest joining us this morning, who we'll introduce in a little bit. But before we get to some special events and what's going on in the community, let's get a check of the weather. Got it. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, rain. Highs in the lower 50s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 80%. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain in the evening, then partly cloudy after midnight. Cold with lows in the lower 30s. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs around 60. North wind around 5 miles per hour, becoming southwest around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. All right, we're back. It's a rainy, drizzly, chilly Friday morning. It's operations period 44. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah, right? But, you know, uh, <clears throat> the nice thing about Friday, it's a nice diversion because those days, it tends to be like Groundhog Day. It, yeah. It, you know? it's, it's, this, this is a little bit different, um, and I appreciate that it's a little bit different. So let's talk a little bit about some of the, the alternative things that are going on. I mentioned last week that I had spoken to... Um, John Glockner from Cultural Pittsfield, and you know, obviously, the Cultural Pittsfield newsletter is not doing all the the same things. But they're they're just because people are staying at home and we're socially or physically distancing doesn't mean there's not a lot going on. So, um, Cultural Pittsfield, the Pittsfield Office of Cultural Development, has taken First Friday's Art Walk virtual, and they're showcasing a lot of their artists. Um, Kind of, you know, getting a little more in depth to the people instead of the the venues, and uh, so you know, go check out First Friday's Art Walks Facebook page and and learn something about the artists who place their works in our our downtown venues, so that you know you can go to these art shows when we're living in normal times. Um, but learn about the artists and check out some of their artwork in the virtual galleries. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about, because this is a, a kind of an ongoing joint venture, and it, there's, there's several similar efforts going on. And if you're listening and you're you know, like me, one of the things that has been the, the most difficult for me to, uh, to maintain is my fitness, right? My, my normal go-to workout is I train jujitsu, and clearly in, you know, 
in non-essential services. I can't go to the dojo and jujitsu is not something that you can maintain six feet of distance anyway. So just can't do it. Um, but I've been good about it and I've had to get a little creative, spend a lot of time doing stuff kind of just as individual workouts and, you know, modified and, and added to my, my home workout equipment. But I'm okay with that because I'm an introvert anyway. But if you're somebody who normally goes to the gym or you belong to a running club and you're feeling the impact of that, um, the Berkshire United Way together with the Berkshire Running Center, you know, another downtown business, they've got this exercise for good Berkshire challenge going on. So you can go to the Berkshire United Way you know, uh, Facebook page or their website and check it out. And basically it's, you know, either make a donation or put a challenge up for your friends to donate based on your workouts and you know, just Get your workout in. If you need a little motivation, use the, the community of that group to do that. And then the other thing that's going on, I'm not participating in it. I'm not a runner, but um, but my wife is is considering participating in some of them, is another group has come together to put these virtual 5Ks. And so what they're doing is they're going out weekly and posting a route. This week's route, which is up through Sunday, is a trail run in Kennedy Park. And you go do the run with your fitness tracker and post your results and you can win prizes and you know it's it's a way to make sure that you're maintaining your motivation during this unusual time cool just don't go to a park in tampa florida no no (laughs) (laughs) apparently not um yeah more to it strange and interesting times yeah what are you doing to stay busy lieutenant um well there's you know obviously uh Keeping you know, up with the kids. Uh, eight hours a day still, uh, for the most part. Although I, I did take yesterday off. That was my, my first not scheduled day off and since this all began. Um, yeah, keeping the, keeping the family busy, um, you know, helping out where I can. Um, my, my, I have a college-age daughter, which I think I've mentioned, and her nose is pretty much buried in the books. She thinks that she's getting more work online than she would being at school probably um and then uh you know just helping out with uh the other members of the family and some of the things they have going on and, and you, projects you, that they've initiated that hey can you help me out with this and have you deputized your daughter to be like a, a part-time teacher for her brothers no <laughs> no she's uh she'll help if she needs to but um my you know my my son is very uh self motivated i'm fortunate in that way he's you know does what he's got to do and um you know he's he's got quite a routine going so yeah i'm I'm impressed yeah Yeah. you know he does a workout he's he you know he's in boy scouts you know mentioned the virtual stuff that they're actually doing i don't know what his plans are as far as participating in it but they have plans for a virtual camp out i saw that i still track the western mass council because of our involvement in the explorer post and i saw that they're planning to do that that's going to be pretty awesome yeah so um you know he's uh everybody's staying busy and uh you know trying to like you mentioned trying to stay fit with the the home workout equipment we do have so I, i did not mention in our uh in our what's going on thing and i sh- it, i'm remiss to not mention this uh, if you're a listener and you're local <clears throat> you know because we were talking before we came on the air that not all of our listeners are local right once we put this up online uh we have overseas listeners as well but if you're a listener and you're local please don't forget that you know many of our our local locally owned local neighbor owned and operated 
dining options and restaurants are open for takeout and open for takeout and delivery. And don't forget to patronize those. I, I've had amazing meals from some restaurants that I normally just go in and grab the same thing over and over again. Been exploring different uh, different options. Amazing meals. I had some of the best gumbo. I, I, I love gumbo. I learned to, you know to love it when I was traveling in the south for training. Uh, I had some of the best gumbo I've ever had yesterday from Otto's. It was unexpected, and delicious, and huge portion. I'm actually going to get another full meal out of that. So, we have a favorite, definitely. The last, uh, you know, we before all this stuff was going on with the the, um, the, the state of emergency, uh, Berkshire Mountain Bakery, nice. take and take and bake pizzas, take and bake. Huge fan of their take and bake. Have yeah. not done that. In the last 44 days. Going to yeah. have to put that back on the list. It's like become a weekly thing. Yeah, those are awesome. <clears throat> Even before this, that, that was one of my... If I got out of work a little bit late and didn't want to go home and have to figure out a meal plan, just swing down Elm Street and grab that on the way home. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so I have to do a little bit of work before we introduce our guest and kind of get into the, the Q&A. And uh, so we talked in the, in the past couple of weeks, Lieutenant, about the fact that, you know, during the current state of emergency under the declaration one of the things uh, in addition to working remotely that we've struggled with uh, not struggled with but adapted to is taking on this additional responsibility as part of the pittsfield area command so you know senior command staff in the department yourself included are running the planning section and you're doing the day-to-day -day planning and and putting out the planning documents for all the members of the command and general staff and I've spent most most of my time, not all of my time, but most of my time focusing on the Central Berkshire Coordinating Center, working with North County and South County to make sure that resource needs are being met and communication is going on. And so I had a lengthy conversation yesterday with my counterpart uh, in the North County Emergency Operations Center because we had both received a request from a, a, a local nonprofit. And who the agency is and what they do is not relevant so i'm not going to mention that because it's you know it i'm not criticizing this organization this is unprecedented times people don't know um what they should be doing they they're they're responding to information from various sources all the time but basically what happened was <clears throat> this organization <clears throat> through a, a board member who is a friend of mine contacted us and they were looking for an a, a massive a massive amount of personal protective equipment uh, and the stuff that they were looking for, in particular, the, the three items they requested, was both confusing and concerning. Because as far as we knew, they didn't, they didn't provide any services that would require this type of equipment. Basically, they were asking us for the type of stuff that we would provide to an ambulance service. Uh, and they don't, they don't provide medical services. And the quantities were, were insane. And uh, you know, when we introduce our guest, she'll talk a little bit about what she's been assisting with in the coordinating center. But a large part of our, our efforts over the last several weeks has had nothing to do with actually providing the resources, and it's had a lot to do with providing education. Um, making follow-up phone calls or exchanging emails with the requesters just saying can you tell us a little bit about your operations what's the size of your staff how many facilities do you have why are you asking for what you're asking for and i'll tell you like i've i've been educated a lot we have a couple um local doctor's offices that are providing on-site testing and so their pp requirements are higher and so you know we're trying to meet those um we learned early early on and uh 
you know, it, it wouldn't have occurred to me, but our funeral homes, because they're still performing their, their regular operations uh, and handling bodies, they have a need for higher levels of protection. But what we found in a lot of cases with some of our, our nonprofit partners and community organizations is five weeks ago, six weeks ago, they were given a very succinct directive about what they should request for PPE with no explanation. And they're continuing to do that. And the, the PPE guidance has evolved and it's changed and it's been modified. And so they're going with this six week old directive that was basically one paragraph in a document that was intended for a huge collection of medical providers uh, and people who received it but are not medical providers are asking for the same stuff and so most of these orders that we've received we've actually been able to dial them back significantly but in this particular uh, case um, you know we're still waiting for the follow-up we're waiting for them to respond to some of our questions but you know one of the things that we've had to we've really had to focus on is if you're not providing direct medical care and you know the example that i was given by one of our uh, ems partners is if you're not looking down the, at the patient's face you know actually providing respiratory care things like face shields um isolation gowns probably probably not going to need that there are a couple of exceptions we know of uh, at least one community partner that because of the way that their their facility is organized and they have some positive cases in the facility that they ha have to isolate that the um social workers who are dealing with those particular guests patients they need to have a higher level of protection when they go into that room but not not everybody in the facility all right and so the the education has been uh, i've learned a lot but trying to provide some of this community education has been a good part of our our operations at the coordinating center just you know letting people know yeah you know we're, we're gonna give you we're going to give you some of the supplies you're asking for, but you can reuse some of this stuff or not every member of your staff needs to have all of this stuff. You need to have it available for those two people. So um, this. it's it's been, you know, obviously you're, you're um, not only distributing the equipment, but you're educating them, like you said, on what the, the current guidance is. And that, that has changed several times, several and, times. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's it just goes to show the amount of i want to say information turnover you get info you, you give it out you, you you know you get it it's that's been a constant uh theme i think here and and sometimes on an hourly basis yeah know? i think you and i said a couple weeks ago uh the first time we brought one of the student officers in that when this when this started when we first went into the the 24-hour operations periods in mid-march uh guidance was changing daily and then three weeks ago it it ramped up and it was hourly mm. like a couple times a day we're like what what wasn't that just this yeah. so situational awareness is difficult yeah all right well that's enough work for now let's uh should we introduce our special guest i think we should so we're three weeks into this segment and uh, we have our third student officer joining us. Uh, as a reminder for our listeners, or if you're a new listener, the police academies closed a couple weeks ago now, three weeks ago now. And Lieutenant Traversa and I, although we were chagrined that that meant we were going to not have the ability to put some of our student officers into field training uh, on time, 
we kind of breathed a sigh of relief for one thing because it meant we had a minimum of four weeks that we didn't have to figure out who our guests were going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was getting <clears throat> getting challenging for sure. So, uh, welcome to the studio. Pull your mic a little bit closer. And uh, so, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I am Student Officer McDonald. And uh, it's nice to see you here this morning. Happy to be here. It's, uh, you're happy to be here. I'm sure you're yeah. happy to be here because you're not in jail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the inside joke at the Coordinating Center is we're all telling people we're doing time. I've, yeah. I've we now, feel like inmates. Yeah, I've, I've now spent 30, 30 days in stir. <laughs> <laughs> so Student Officer McDonald, uh, let's, let's, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? I am from the Cape. From the Cape? Yes, sir. We had a conversation yesterday. I was like, you all familiar with the movie? Because they're, they're kids for the most part, right? You all familiar with the movie Jaws? And she started laughing. She's like, yes, sir. Very familiar with the movie Jaws. <laughs> She's basically from the setting of Jaws. Yeah. Yes, sir. Specifically, where from on the Cape? Falmouth. Falmouth. Yes, sir. Which is kind of, I, I always think this is odd when we talk about that she's joining us from Falmouth. Because Pittsfield PD has a unique connection with the community of Falmouth and Falmouth PD. Yes, they do. My, my predecessor, my chief, Chief Riello, left us. Yep. Left us and left me in charge because <laughs> he went to be the chief in Falmouth. Um, and so we've, we had a good relationship with Falmouth even before that, but our relationship since Tony went to Falmouth to be their previous chief was outstanding. We actually did some uh, joint cross-training with their SWAT team, their SRT. And the team commander, when we went out and did that, I don't know, 12 years ago, is their current chief, Chief Dunn, who has become a, a, a great friend uh, and, and trusted colleague of mine. So, Zana, statewide chiefs meeting Zoom yesterday, and Eddie was there. It was good to see him. Uh, he's been doing a lot of hard work on behalf of uh, law enforcement in the Commonwealth during this. And so, it's odd that, you know, the small city of Pittsfield and these departments on the Cape, including Falmouth, Barnstable, and Hyannis, we have years and years of cross-training history. We go back and forth. The Barnstable Hyannis team has actually been out here, which uh, is always strikes me as odd. So, born and raised in Falmouth? Uh, yes, sir. Pull your mic a little most, bit closer. For the most part, yes, sir. Um, and went to school in Falmouth, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, Falmouth High? Yes, sir. Okay. What'd you do in school? Were you a bookworm? Were you an athlete? Were you a theater person? I kind of stayed neutral. You just, I, I didn't... just did what you were told? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, right? It takes direction, follows direction. It probably That personality probably suited you very well in the police academy. It was hard to find my niche. Your niche? In school. It was, I wasn't sure what I was good at, whether it was sports, so I didn't really try too much. And but did you play sports? Briefly. Briefly? Briefly. What'd you play? Soccer. Soccer. Okay. Soccer. All right. And what'd you do after high school? I I worked pretty much full time. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, what the next step was going to be. What kind of work? Uh, retail. Pharmacy. Pharmacy? Yes, sir. And so you got out of that, Justin. I would not want to be working in a pharmacy right now. I don't want to go to the pharmacy <laughs> right now. Um, I had to go to the pharmacy last weekend. That was an experience. <laughs> um how long did you work in retail pharmacy? Seven years. And strictly on the retail side or on the pharmacy side a little bit as of, well? A little bit of both. So, like, you know about things like hydroxychloroquine and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. No? No. Was that in Falmouth? 
Yes, yes, yeah. it was, sir. Yes, and then I briefly transferred to upstate New York and worked for the same company. Did a, like moved around. I got to got to see different places, so that was nice. What what company was this? this it was Rite Aid, but now we've converted to the Walgreens. Walgreens. Kind of emerge. So, retail pharmacy in Falmouth on the Cape to upstate New York. Yes, sir. There's got to be a backstory there. Yes, my my grandparents had a home there and it was given to my my aunt and I figured you know I was ready wasn't sure what I wanted to do after high school I said you know what, let me get away and find myself I think okay it was one of those like I need to move and figure out what I want to do so how long did you do that for it was a little over a year and a half and and total your time in retail pharmacy yes the, over that seven years yeah yes. seven. and so that's what you were doing when you decided you wanted to be a police officer yes sir it, that's a big switch. Yes, sir. <laughs> tell tell us about that. I mean, I guess I had a grandfather that was into corrections okay. when I was a child. So that was, I think, that's kind of what sparked it when I was younger. Um, listening to him come home and talk about work. And I don't know. It's just, it's, I know it sounds like kind of cliche, but it's like I always knew this is what I wanted. From when you were a little kid? Yes. Okay. Yes. It, but, so, you're in high school, you know you want to, at some point, be in law enforcement, but then you decide to go into retail pharmacy to find yourself. Yes, sir. What? Well, I was already, during my senior year in high school, that's when I picked up that job. Okay. So, that's kind Got of, it. I so you, you had that. that. I was more of just, like, job security. I needed something. Needed something, so okay. Was, and I ended up, really ended up falling in love with that job. So, how... How soon after you got out of high school during that seven years did you decide, all right, you know, I, I got to take the civil service exam and start and start trying to do this? Immediately. Immediately. Right at once. I knew I turned 21 and I was okay. eligible. So how many times did you have to take the test? I only took it once, okay. um, but I did take the most previous one and I scored higher on that exam. Okay. And so now you're in upstate New York yes. taking the mass civil service test yes, sir. from Falmouth. Yes, sir. And then you get this call, email from Pittsfield. Yes, sir. And I you was, answered it. I was actually <coughs> on a trip with my boyfriend. We were on the vineyard. We were on the beach. I came up. I checked my phone that was on my towel, and I had that email. And Why Pittsfield? Going back and forth, visiting my mother back on the Cape from New York, I would always have to drive through the city of Pittsfield. All right, so we're, we're, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of coaching here. We're on the radio. We're not currently on television. Nobody can see you. Yes, sir. You don't have to talk with your hands, yes, and you sir. don't have to look at Lieutenant Traversa. You just have to worry about making sure that everybody can hear you on the mic. <laughs> it's All right. Am I close enough? You are. Okay. I just, you, and and your, your audio levels are fine. You're just, you're, you're starting to like, you know, get conversation. And that's fine if it makes you feel more comfortable. You can pull that to you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so you had a little bit of familiarity with Pittsfield and the Berkshires from yes, driving back and forth. And it, was this one of the places that you knew when you took the test that, you know, if I get a chance to come out here, I'm going to do it? Or was it just random? Initially, it was random. Okay. And then the more I traveled, I, I kind of fell in love with it a little bit more each time. So, 
So you pop up on our list and we send you that email and you decide, you know, based on your travels back and forth, I'm going to take a shot at this. So you come out and sign the list. You know, I'm air quoting again. So you sign the list and uh, that starts a process. Yes, sir. How, very long process. How, you know, so that's my next question. How long is very long? That was from the day I received the email. It was July 1st. Of? Of last year. 2019. Yes, sir. Right. And when did we pull you in to kind of pull the group together and do your, like, application and your application review and all that stuff? I would say October. Okay. Maybe September, if I remember correctly. Okay. And when did we actually, like, get you together and say, okay, we're going to get ready to send you to the academy? Probably December. Getting that conditional offer. Okay. And that process in between, when you came in and, and sat down to pick up the application, and when we sent you the conditional offer and said, okay, you know, get ready to report. Here's going to be your administrative report day. What was that like? It was so exciting. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I couldn't believe it was happening. It, so what was it like to go through our background investigation process? It was thorough. Very thorough. Did that surprise you? Yes, sir. I had previously done the background investigation for Falmouth. Okay. And it was comparably, this was much much more in-depth. Talk, we talked to a lot of people from a lot of different parts of your life. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but then you got the conditional offer. Yes, sir. And so uh, that there's a little bit of time. You have to go through some stuff there. We got to get you the medical and the physical abilities test and uh, psychological. And, and your group was the first group that we had to do the pre-academy PT test as well, right? Yes, sir. We talked about that a little bit uh, in the last couple of weeks with Student Officer Jones and Student Officer Jumo. Um, were you in the group that took it at Taconic, at the yes, new Taconic? Yes, sir. On that hot, hot day? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> the infamous degrees. heat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we talked about this last week. I, I was legitimately scared that day. Like when I, when I left the gym to go check in with the group, I was like, there's a real good chance we're going to hurt somebody. I think we had EMTs that day. We had EMTs on standby. You had the misting. It, we, had the, we had called Homeland Security, had the misting stuff brought down. Um, I just want to say we were so fortunate that we had access to the new Taconic. Right. The, the layout of that facility and the layout of the facility in relation to the track was ideal for that. If we didn't have that facility, I mean, I love the old Taconic, but if we'd had to do that with this, the layout of the old Taconic, I'm not sure we could have done it safely. Uh, having that back entrance that put us right into that space off of cosmetology where we could have access you know, through an air-conditioned space between the outside and the gym. Mm -hmm. it, it, there was no way we could have pulled that off if we didn't have that. So thank you and big shout out to the Pittsfield Public Schools for supporting us with that. Uh, so then you get through all of that, and when did you start the academy? February, sir. February. What was that like? It's an experience. So we only have a couple minutes left before station identification, so I don't want to get into a, a lot of detail about... Um, first day we'll talk we'll we'll do that on the other side of the station break because we have to spend some time on that but you were just over or just about halfway through the academy yes, sir. when we had the covid 19 shutdown um that had to be frustrating 
still is. Sir. Still is yes, frustrating. <laughs> but again, I have to give credit to the MPTC because I, you know, I sat down and had a brief conversation with you and your classmates a couple times this week, and they are rolling out content. You're training. Yes, sir. It's uh, it's it certainly hasn't been a vacation, although there has been some you know lag time in how we rolled you in because of our emergency staffing plan. Uh, so just real quick, we've got a, a minute and a half. Uh, what are some of the courses and classes that you've, you and your classmates have had up to this point in the academy? I'm sure they won't be in order, but oh, that's I right. could probably rattle a few off. Um, I guess we, we, all right. So when we broke, we initially started to creep into a little bit of patrol procedure and as far as like building searches and car stops okay so i was really excited for that i was hoping for a little bit more time before we broke but that's okay so i i'm assuming that when we get back into it we will go back into that to where we left off yes um we we've had so much between sex assault and domestic violence we've had it's between the dt i mean are you looking for classes so you you've obviously had constitutional law yes, and most of your criminal law that was more towards the beginning Fa- fairly early fairly early yes um we had officer wellness and safety so that's a new class that right was, it, it that used was to be just about the first day or two we had that and that's a brand new class that used to be health and wellness now it's officer after what officer wellness and safety and it includes the stuff that we would think about as officer safety but all the resiliency um which is huge to front load that and i know that you've got a his you've got an assignment right now a resiliency and wellness assignment on emotional survival for law enforcement yes sir. which is a text that you had when you got to the academy we'll talk about that when uh, we come back from the station break so it's 9 30 You're listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. We're going to get another check of the weather, uh, some PSAs, and then we'll come back on the other side of the break and talk to Officer McDonald about first day and, and some of what's been going on over at the Coordinating Center. So, Lieutenant, here we go. Make sure weather. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area, today, rain. Highs in the lower 50s. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of rain 80%. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a chance of rain in the evening, then partly cloudy after midnight. Cold with lows in the lower 30s. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Chance of rain 30%. Saturday, mostly sunny. Highs around 60. North wind around 5 miles per hour, becoming southwest around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get where we need to go. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they're going safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. 
Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. PCTV and WTBR are bringing Restaurant Rush back. Mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 13th for an evening of great food, music, raffles, and more at the Tavern at the A on Crane Ave in Pittsfield. If you're a local restaurant, we want to hear from you. This is your opportunity to showcase a dish in front of over 100 guests. Space is limited, so call 413-445-4234 today to reserve your spot and make sure your restaurant is represented at PCTV and WTBR's Restaurant Rush. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in with us this morning. You're listening to On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. This is the weekly community radio program of the Pittsfield Police Department. We are uh, thrilled and honored that during the COVID-19 pandemic, we are still allowed to uh, come into studio and practice our skills and broadcast live. We know we're one of the, um, the few remaining shows and so we're trying to do our best to not only carry out our content and, and our material, but cover for some of our partners, like the Office of Cultural Development. So, Lieutenant, it, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll air a pet peeve on, on this, and I'm, I'm going to air a pet peeve right now. I quite literally left the house like 20 minutes before we were coming out here to go on air. And the very last conversation I had with my lovely bride was that I was coming out here to go on air. She knows what I'm doing. And we weren't two and a half minutes into the show, and she's sending me Snapchats. <laughs> you, you just, you, you can't say anything about that. You, you, that's your, that's, like you said, that's your better half. You just. Listen, I can't, <laughs> res, I can't reply and respond to a Snapchat in the best of times. I certainly don't need my <laughs> phone going off in my pocket while I'm on air trying to figure out this stuff, right? This is stressful enough. I don't know. I. Maybe all right. They say something on air, Chief. I wouldn't say anything when I got home. Oh no, I'm hoping she's not <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> uh, I do have to share with our our listeners, particularly our digital listeners, um, kind of a technological and and programming note. Uh, if you are somebody who listens live locally on air, and then you go back to try to find our content um, since we started this program last summer, we've been posting the recorded versions of this to SoundCloud, you will notice that uh, the last two weeks episodes have not been posted or shared. Uh, the work from home restrictions and the remote restrictions are impacting everybody and, and you know, no fault to anybody, but I actually had to send a reminder and say, hey, can I get the audio recordings? Because um, I'd like to get those out, and, and the crew here is great, and they're just like, yeah, you know, we're trying to do our programming stuff remotely. We'll get them to you. Um, but one of the things that they shared with me last night is uh, WTBR is in the process of, it's not ready to go yet, so we're not going to um, share the share the links yet. They're in the process of migrating all the audio recordings over to a podcast format to a, to a podcast location. Mm. And so the way this has worked for the last 
nine months is we record the program and then later that day or over the weekend i get an email with a link and then i download the the file and then i have to upload it to soundcloud and then share the address for that soundcloud file to our social media when this thing goes live we're not gonna have to do that anymore the they're going to put the audio version up on this new podcast platform and we'll be able to share the link uh, directly from that podcast platform. You'll be able to go back and look at all the archived stuff, which I share now because it's important because if you are one of our followers on SoundCloud, sometime probably in the next four to five weeks, we're probably going to abandon the SoundCloud platform and switch over to this. That's not happening yet, but it will be happening soon. So... Changes. Changes. RMS. Improvements. Yeah. So, all right. So, we're back. Let's do Nas McDonald in the studio with us. Uh, I forgot to ask you when we were talking about your, your pre-academy life. What do you do for fun? What do you do when you're not working? Currently nothing. So <laughs> nothing. Nothing. you got to find back, something. Back home before, <laughs> before I ended up moving to the Berkshires, it was... Um, the beach and boating and paddleboarding, kayaking, fishing. It was so just the water. S- some of that stuff you're going to be able to transplant out here to freshwater. Some the so. beach you're probably not going to you're not going to find as satisfying. You just have to brave the Thursday traffic. Don't do it on Friday, but you have to brave <laughs> the Thursday traffic and go home. Um, but I gotta I gotta throw the uh, the BS flag a little bit because I like I know you've been doing like geography studies and driving around and yes. checking stuff out you you do some stuff when you're not working you don't I just try. work and study. if i have time yes sir so, la- last week they cut the student officers loose and then i was trying to wrap up and get the reports out and she returned back to the coordinating center she's like sir i know it's monday's a holiday but i don't want to not can i work <laughs> it's like no i'm sorry i'm not coming in so you can't work yeah <laughs> But actually, what she wanted to do was go for a ride-along. And we're going to have to figure out, once we get through the emergency staffing stuff, how we can... If we get through the emergency staffing stuff before they reopen the academy, we're going to have to figure out a plan for that. It might be a follow-along. Get in your car and follow that officer. We'll figure it out. All right, so um, I'm going to get back to your academy experience. Let's... So, from... Most of our groups, when they get ready to go to the academy, we have uh, an administrative period before they go. It's usually one or two weeks, and it's just making sure that give everybody an opportunity to get ready. Make sure your equipment's squared away. Make sure you got every item that's on that equipment list. Give you the necessary policies or any you know source material or references we think will be valuable. Um, and depending on what's going on and you know almost all the time i try to spend a little bit of time with the group and if i get to spend time with the group one of the things i always ask is do you think you're ready for the academy um unlike student officer jumo you did not rapidly respond in the affirmative when i asked that question so what what was your administrative transition like when we brought you in to get you ready for the academy i appreciated it it was i tried to imagine the transition from my old life to academy life and i can't picture that going smoothly without that administrative period that we had so i'm really thankful for that 
And so you, uh, your group had Sergeant Mazio coordinating that for you, right? Yes, sir. He was so, great. So Sergeant Mazio is walking you through things step by step, sending you back and forth to the uniform store and the equipment store. Yes, sir. Going through the stuff that's in the big black duffel bag. Yes, sir. Uh, how long was admin time? Two weeks? Yes, sir. And at the end of the two weeks, were you ready? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you for a moment think you were ready? Yes, for a moment. <laughs> I think that Friday when he dismissed us, it was, I said, yeah, I think, I think I got this on Monday. And then it was just, it didn't take long before it, I. It, it didn't take long on first day? Mm-hmm. Time you have to report 07? I want to say it was 0630. 0630. Yes, sir. Do you think it's possible to be ready completely? No, sir. Isn't that what I said? Yes. Isn't that what I said? Yes. Is it, it doesn't matter yeah, how prepared wrong. you think you you are, you will not be ready. So um, tell us about your first day. You're in the parking lot. Were you in K-Lot? Yes, sir, we were. In K-Lot. So it, was, it was a day like today. Oh, it was wet, a miserable, wet, wet uh, the rainy. perfect first day conditions. Yes, cold. So for our, the coldest it's been February? Yes, sir. So for our listeners, K-Lot is one of the remote parking lots on the campus of Springfield Technical Community College, which is where our Western Mass Academy is currently located. Uh, I've, I've been on the staff down there. K-Lot is perfect. It's remote. It's discreet. It's very difficult. to. See. It's, it's almost like a post-apocalyptic setting. Right? <laughs> um, it, if you were going to stage the drama of first day, you couldn't do better than K-Lot. So it's a bleak, cold winter morning, and you're in K-Lot. Dark. Dark as could be, and it, it was just the anticipation. We that, knew something was happening, but we weren't sure what to expect. Then what happened? <laughs> <sighs> then the ceiling yeah. fell in. Yes, that's how it <laughs> felt. It was just, I mean, a lot of it is a blur, and I think that's just like an emotional way to manage the stress that was happening you blocked it, it all yes, out. <laughs> i think it was it really was um yeah that first week is just meshed together that's not an uncommon experience mm-hmm. uh so how long do you think you were in k-lot for just to, during that initial transition from the time the staff instructors and and the support staff that they have there so because the staff instructors will bring in extra help for first day there's there's a lot of cops (laughs) there for first day uh how long do you think they kept you out in k-lot first thing that morning yeah probably it felt like an eternity but it probably was only a few hours before they moved us into the gymnasium uh so you had a Go up the stairs and yes, behind the stables and across the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And is it gymnasium? Is that Shabelli Hall? Gymnasium's in Shabelli Hall, I think. So you go to the gym. Yes, sir. Uh, you have the entire gymnasium all to yourself. Yes, sir. Just your ROC. Mm-hmm. No witnesses. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, they probably. That's when the fun started. That's when the fun started, yes, right? Because you, you got a big group in the gym. They circle you all up, mm-hmm. spread everybody out. Yes, sir. Drop your bags. Yes, sir. And and then um, did they start with what we would normally refer to as the bag inspection? Yes, sir. How long do you think that lasted? I'd say most of that morning. That lasts a long time. Between uniform inspections and And, bag inspections. And so you spent the better part of two weeks going through every piece of equipment you had with the list that they provided, making sure that everything was squared away and ready to go, 
and marked and labeled and separated. Yes, sir. Organized. Organized. Did it matter? No, sir. Did they find stuff? Yes, sir. <laughs> they always do. <laughs> they always do. Um, I know. I know it's all a blur. How many times do you think you dumped and repacked that bag in just on that Monday? Just on that Monday. Dozen times. Dozen times. At least a dozen times between probably eight o'clock and eleven thirty, eleven forty-five. Yes. Did Did you rapidly learn the effect of? physical and psychological stress on your fine motor skills and yes, your inability sir. to manipulate yes, it. It's a valuable, valuable officer safety lesson that's just thrown in your face quickly. Did you learn to appreciate the value of hydration? Yes, sir. Yeah. So there's two valuable life safety lessons and they haven't even started police training yet. They're just going right. through the gear. Yeah. Right. First day is amazing. It's amazing for what it accomplishes. Um, but but it's also amazing for how much learning they pack into a very short period of time. And, you know, if, you're, if you've never been through a military or paramilitary uh, training process, you may be listening to this going, that sounds awful, I don't understand. But trust me, those are lessons that are never forgotten when they're hammered in that way. Right, they they are quite literally hardwired into your neurological pathways. Yeah, I mean, there's really good reasons for, yeah. the, yes, you know... <clears throat> what that drill accomplishes or that 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 day yes sir <laughs> i mean looking back on it now it's i almost appreciated it in a weird way like i hate to admit that but the, it was the it was necessary the more the more distance you put between first day and you know your current experiences the more you will come to appreciate it yes, sir. you'll never I ever do, i do respect mm how it was done and the purpose behind yeah. it so. you'll never get to the point where you say you enjoyed it but yes. you'll come to appreciate it um this i'm just going to throw this out there because i i talk to people particularly when i'm getting ready to train instructors who are going to train at the academy uh i was on the academy staff for i was on the academy staff in some capacity for almost 10 years but uh, signed as a staff instructor for about six and a half years and with the exception of the break that i had when i went down to quantico uh, and did six full classes in that time. Um, so I always say I went to the police academy seven times. Um, first day is rough, no matter what side you're on. Uh, it's it, as difficult as it is to have gone through it as a student officer, as a, as a recruit officer. Um, physically and emotionally, it's as bad for the staff instructors. And I think I've said this on previous program. When I was assigned to the academy, it would take me pretty much the full hour drive out there to kind of get myself mentally and emotionally ready because I, I was I was the heavy hat. I was the disciplinarian on our staff team. Uh, it would take me about an hour to get ready to go there and you know, put my game face on and just be that person. But after seven or eight hours of training, I couldn't turn it back off in the same hour. It took me almost two hours, so the drive back plus an hour to just decompress and get back to some degree of normalcy because you're on. And you know, for a student officer who's there, a staff instructor has to be on when they're in front of the class, but they can step out in the hall. And they, you know, if you, you haven't figured this out, they do. They step out in the hall and they're laughing about stuff that they're seeing in there, and they're trying to decompressing which other. Students have to be on all day, but for the staff instructor, um, 
it, it's just it's an emotional roller coaster and you you're human and you're out there and you're interacting with your colleagues and your peers who you get to be friends with and then you have to go in front of your students and you have to be this this role model and we want all of our police bosses and supervisors to be role models all the time but in that environment you can't deviate you can't have a bad day um so shout out to the staff instructors and the western mass staff instructors are unbelievable incredibly proficient very very proud to still be continue to associate with them uh so we we do training very very well in western mass yeah it's you know i i haven't gone any day ones but just uh or any more after my own uh, <laughs> but i have been involved in in many uh patrol procedures and officer rescue and, and just the way that they uh go about their business it's uh it's a definitely uh a very proficient uh group all right so we have a we have a little bit of time left before i have to transition back over to the coordinating center and the morning command conference call so you were in the academy for what ten and a half weeks nine and a half nine and a half weeks um what's what's been your best experience or your favorite part so far i would have to say anything hands-on so whether it's scenarios or dt that's i would have to say that how far did you get in your defensive tactics not far a couple classes i would say i want to say three if not four fridays of dt so balance stance patterns of movement yes sir shuffle step shuffle step yes sir blocks uh, empty hand techniques yes sir standing compliant handcuffing yes sir it was we did some baton training okay oc training so the the foundation stuff of most of the stuff on your belt yes sir okay that's the challenge that that i think the academies are gonna the face you know as we work through this this time because you can you know you're doing online things you can you know run separately you can kind of separate in the classroom but dt dt yes, is sir. dt you have to be up in close it. and personal uh, up close no. and personal yep. yes sir dt does not work with physical distancing no i had um i haven't had the opportunity to work with your class yet but when i was on the staff and i was on the dt staff and this is not a knock on, on our younger employees our millennial employees it's it's just a it's a generational thing and it's a cultural thing and so we had a class that for the first day of dt we were doing balance stance patterns of movement shuffle step and we were introducing the, that that first point of contact right so you're going to move into what we call an escort position or whatever and when you move in to put in that first point of contact it's contact it is body to body contact if i'm the officer my chest to that subject's elbow it's that close and if you don't do it that close anything we teach from that point on won't work It'll, it'll fail because it's all about leverage and balance. Uh, and this entire class was trying to move to that point, and they were putting the first point of contact on at arm's length. They wanted to keep their arms straight and, and you know maintain that. So that's 18 inches to 24 inches if your arms are straight out. The technique won't work that far away. You won't generate enough strength and momentum. And they wouldn't bend their elbows. They just wouldn't do it. No matter how many times we demonstrated it, they're still trying to do it straight arm. And um, they they had a bad day. They had a bad day. They were rolling around in in the dust and the dirt, getting getting sandy. Um, 
because it was like, listen, if you can't get if you can't get through your head that you need to get this close to your classmate who is in clean and pristine condition, what are you going to do when I tell you to get this close to a suspect that's covered with God knows what? And but I didn't say God knows what I named (laughs) all of those fluids and bodily functions. And I got in trouble for it uh, because I didn't use the sanitized names. I used the four-letter versions, so <laughs> I was scolded. Um, but th- that's a reality of what we do, right? You don't get to pick the person that you're going to apply these techniques to. Yes. The, the situation comes to you, and you roll with it. And um, That was a situation in our class with the females in our class. The men didn't want to go hands-on with us. And it was I noticed a lot of staff instructors coming around when I was paired up with a male and they had said you know you're not doing her any favors by taking it easy absolutely not you're you will have to you know put your hands on a female and you know in this job so it's get over it yes get over it i uh i tell people frequently both in the academy environment and when i'm talking to community groups you know i'm i'm knock on wood fortunate and blessed in my operational career when i was in the field I did not get involved in a lot of physical altercation rollarounds. I mean, I arrested a lot of people, but my DT is pretty good, and I have some experience from outside, so I usually was in, in a pretty good position. But you're a cop for long enough, you're going to get into a fight. And, and also, I maybe not had as many as a lot of officers, but I had a few. But of the ones that I had, the two worst were small women. They, they both happened to be intoxicated, um, but small, drunk women were by far the worst fights I was ever Feistiest. in. Um, and and they, they were mad and, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to say they cheated, but like if there was stuff that they could reach, they were reaching for it. Um, it was bad. And uh, one of, I give the, one of the examples all the time, and I, I was over that mindset. Like I, I was like, I'm going to do this. And so we're rolling around in the, her, her ex-husband's living room, and I got to a position of control. I was like, all right, I won, because she was small, right? I had size. And I was like, okay, I won, and I kind of like relaxed for a second, and she rolled right over, and she punched me. And so the fight's on again, and I get to a position of control and advantage. I'm like, all right, I won. And I sat up and relaxed, and she rolled over, and she punched me again. <laughs> like, this, you got to be kidding me, right? So, um, yeah, when my backup arrived, I was like, get in here and get the cuffs on her. But yeah, you're not doing your classmates, your colleagues are not doing any favors. They have to be able to apply the techniques successfully to women. And when you switch roles, you need to know that you need to be able to apply those techniques successfully, even to much larger men. It was it was mostly specifically to the armbar takedowns that we were doing. And it was I wasn't being tossed. Yeah, they're trying to put you down. Right. They're trying to set you down. And I would they were yes, they were just like taking me to the floor really easily and it was and that's they came around and said you're not doing her any favors it doesn't work when she gets into a real fight yeah it's when you when you get to ground defense uh, yes, and I, this is universal when you get to ground defense and they're doing say you know full mount um choke defense so your your partner is going to be sitting on your chest basically with his hands on your throat um you're going to see that they're not going to want to apply the choke mm-hmm. and if if you don't receive the proper stimulus, this is what's going to happen if somebody grabs me by the neck, this is what I have to do. You won't know when to execute the defense. Um, so, yeah, DT can be fun, but you got to do it for real. You, you got to go. 
Uh, so when you get back, I'll have a conversation with Officer Gaynor and make sure that she makes this point. <laughs> there was, because the, the men in our class didn't want to go hands-on with us, the six of us, females, we would just pair up pair with up. each other right. for the first, you know, cl- first class or so. And then it came a point where she, Officer Gaynor said, you know what, no more of that. Females, you will not be pairing up with each other because you will, in the real world, you're not going to fight somebody that's you, your size. You don't get to pick. <clears throat> you don't. You want to learn it. You want to train it. You got to go find the biggest person, the biggest guy in your class. It's it's somewhat of a challenge. Yeah. And it should be. DT should not be easy. Okay. It's coming up. I got four minutes to go out to the cruiser and get on this call. Sounds good. So I'm going to leave the two of you here. All right. So I'll see you over at the uh, coordinating center in about an hour or so. Lieutenant, I'll talk to you later. All right, chief. Have a good one. So, um, Let's talk a little bit about, in the last few minutes that we have, what have you been doing for PT? Because, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it briefly that that's something that, you know, it's, it changed in this academy. Yes, sir. You need to show progression. Um, so you got to keep up. Yes, sir. What have you and your, your classmates been doing? So we've actually been given, our PT staff is phenomenal back at the academy. So they've yeah. actually given us online home workouts to do yeah so we have those um i will do a couple things in the morning i stretch a little bit extra every day and then the chief has us go out and kind of run around the city so that was that's pretty much the end of our days how many uh miles are you you guys doing the past couple of days we've done just about little over three three miles cool and are you all you all sticking together we're trying. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Who's pacing? I would have to say student officer Benner and student officer Jones. They're, they pace. Yeah. Are they runners? Yes, they are. Yeah. It's, yes. um, it's a challenge when you have a group. You know, you, you, you basically, you know, if you're going to run together, obviously, you, you can't go any faster than the slowest pace that you have going. Um, but I mean, it's important to, I try and keep up. It's important to stay together. Um, you know, it's important to, uh, you know, to stick together as, as that group. But, um, what else, anything besides running? What, uh, no, I mean, I like, I like to box. I had a studio that I would use back in Falmouth. And of course, given the situation now, that's not really an option. So I kind of, Another close quarters yes, sir. activity. So I, I try to airbox at home if yeah. I can, if I have the time, so in the space. Yeah. But I don't have a ton of equipment, so it's just, this has been difficult. It, it, you have to get creative. Yeah. So it's just, it's, di- it's been difficult because we, yeah. have, we have that routine every day. PT in the mornings, right. class in the afternoon, and then it shifted. Yep. to PT in the afternoons and then at some point or another it was no PT at all you must do it on your own so yeah. it's been the transition's been not the best but you have it, to you have to adapt it's it's been a challenge and it, it, it will um you know just obviously I'm sure you're all keeping in mind that you know you have to continue once you get back I mean you're coming back to it, it, at least week 10 right you, you left in week 9 9 and a half yeah so 
you know, coming in around week 10, barring any changes that they may make, as, you know, or considerations for the work that you're doing online. And, um, you know, they're going to be looking for that, that progression in, uh, in your PT testing. So uh, keeping up with that, I'm sure, is, um, you know, something that's on everybody's mind. And um, I think it's great that the, the chief is getting you out there during he the is. day. So It's great. Well, thanks for being on with us. Um, we are just about out of time. Um, thanks for to our, all of our listeners for joining us uh, for this week's edition of On Patrol with the PPD. You are listening to 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio.